No narrative has more clearly shaped the future of cryptocurrency than everyone needs to be able to run their own node. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and many others actually have prioritized layer two scaling because of this. But is it really true that it's the most critical thing for decentralization? Or is that a myth? This podcast is sponsored by Coin ATM Radar. When buying crypto with cash, an ATM is much more reliable and safer than meeting some random person in a random place. And unlike an exchange, which could freeze your account, you truly own all the crypto you buy. With Coin ATM Radar, you could find crypto ATMs and other services where you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies for cash. On their website, you can search by coin, address, if the ATM supports selling as well as buying, and you can also search by geo area, country, state, city. You can also check and compare actual current fees at different ATMs. If you want to find out more, head over to coinatmradar.com, which is C-O-I-N-A-T-M-R-A-D-A-R.com. All right, so let's start out. What is a node? The node is the infrastructure that plugs into the crypto network and allows you to do whatever you need to do on it, verifies the state of the network, and then allows you to actually submit transactions and other things to the network directly so that then it's processed. On a structural level, you can't use the network without a node. We'll get into some nuance around that later. One thing I should point out though is that for the purposes of this discussion and just generally accepted crypto terms, I'm talking about regular full nodes that are not miners or validators. Miners in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin that are proof of work and validators or stakers in Ethereum and other proof of stake projects, they actually run the network. They are the ones that actually process transactions, put them into blocks on the blockchain or the DAG or whatever it is and make everything happen. And in some cases collect fees and get the newly created coins if it still has a coin emission, etc. They're the ones that actually run the network. They're the actual infrastructure. Regular non-mining nodes are just participants that kind of benefit from the network. Now, it is undeniable that in order to be censorship resistant and decentralized, miners and validators do have to be decentralized, right? You can't just have one entity with all the stake under one node that just kind of running the entire network. That's basically a company. Same thing with mining. If there's one large mining farm or just a couple that process all the transactions on the network, secure the entire Bitcoin network, that's also not good. You want it to be decentralized, meaning dependent on multiple independent parties, so you can't just go after one or two or three, and then the whole network goes down. It's really hard to take down such a network. But I think we've all sort of acquiesced that other than very specific projects and really new coins, the average person is not running validators or mining. It's more professionals and eventually companies that are running infrastructure. As long as they're decentralized, that's okay. But it's not expected that every single person should be participating in this. Home mining hasn't been feasible for most cryptocurrencies in a long time, and most proof-of-stake coins have staking minimums that are too high for regular people to afford, or you have to delegate stake to larger validators. Alright, so the core infrastructure of the network that actually processes transactions, etc., is supposed to be decentralized, but doesn't need to be open for everyone to participate at every level. So why do you need a full node then if it doesn't do those things? Well, to simplify everything, there's two big things a node does. It allows you to validate 
all the transactions in the state of the blockchain. So you aren't getting tricked by someone else out there that's messing around and putting a fake history. They actually know where all the transactions are, including your own, and actually lets you send them, lets you broadcast transactions to the network that then get picked up and get mined into blocks or put into blocks by validators or whatever else. To be fair to the everyone needs to run a node argument, everyone relies on someone running a node. That's how you transact. You connect to a node and then send out transactions. So either you yourself run the node or someone else does. There are ways of maintaining censorship resistance at the individual level without running your own node by things like simple payment verification, SPV, and other things that let you run a very bare bones kind of a client and then connect to a node somewhere that then validates all the transactions for you and then broadcast the transactions you send to them. But someone somewhere is running a node for you to connect to if you aren't doing that yourself. But does everyone need to run a node? Well, I'd argue that that's not the top priority, and this is why. These networks, financial networks, data networks, whatever, serve to allow a user to access them without being censored. Censorship resistance is the number one priority. And so you want the user to be able to access this in a censorship-resistant manner. In order for that, of course, the underlying network should be decentralized in order to remain censorship resistant, right? And then if you have to connect to nodes to interact with this network, that thing should also be decentralized, but not everyone needs to do that part themselves, just like not everyone needs to run their own underlying infrastructure for the network. Everyone should be able to do the top priority, right? Which is everyone should be able to easily use the network without getting censored, without trusting a third party that will censor them or change how they actually can use the network. That's the number one priority. That's the entire reason for all of cryptocurrency is that you can use it without being censored. And decentralization often adds inefficiencies to systems, but we have it in order to maintain the one thing that matters, which is censorship resistance for the end user, which is the reason you have the network is so people use it. So yes, if you can run your own node, go for it. But you don't need to be able to run a node. You can just use the network, control all your own funds, and connect to someone else who does run a node. Which isn't that hard. It's pretty easy to actually switch. However, as I'll get into later, some other solutions like layer 2 network dependent things, like the Lightning Network, are not actually that easy for you to just do your own thing and connect to someone else's node. That gets more complicated. A good comparison is between a regular open source light wallet and the Phoenix Lightning Network wallet. With a regular wallet, you have hundreds, if not thousands, of nodes to choose from. One goes down or gets compromised? No problem, just switch to a different one and you're back online. With Phoenix, if async goes down, you have to force close your channels, which could cost hundreds in fees, and even more to reopen channels and plug into a competitor. Not to mention waiting days before you can even do that and large hubs are expensive to run. The async node has almost 470 Bitcoin combined in their channels. That's why, honestly, they're kind of without competition. You're pretty well stuck unless you want to run your own node. While I don't think it's the top priority for everyone to be able to run their own node, it is, in my opinion, necessary that 
enough people should be able to run nodes. So there are these choices that people can connect to different ones, especially that they don't have to lose money doing this, which will make it fewer and fewer people with bigger and bigger agendas. That's why I personally am a fan of incentivized nodes that get paid by the network themselves to run and be available so that not only do you have this robust decentralized network of nodes, but they're paid by the network itself, like by people using the network and not through third-party interests or some company. This is where the masternode concept, as pioneered by Dash, shines. The network itself pays people to run nodes. This ensures that not only are there enough nodes to remain decentralized, but also that their incentives align with the network's interests, not with those of third parties. Well, if it's not bad to run a node, why shouldn't everyone run a node? I mean, there is nothing wrong with everyone running a node, but prioritizing the network for that, number one, is not the way to go. If you structure a network in a certain way and your number one priority is for everyone to be able to access running their own node at home, you can end up killing the most important part, which is that censorship-resistant transactions, the ability for anyone to just use the network and not be censored. You end up giving up that if you prioritize for the wrong things. Instead, you should prioritize number one, can people use the network without being censored? That's the entire point of this thing. The node part is just kind of a secondary benefit in there. But really, if you make everyone able to run a node, it can't be that bad, right? What's the worst that could happen if you prioritize for that? Ready, go. Both Bitcoin and Ethereum leaders have prioritized everyone running a node. As a result, both networks have seen an average transaction fee as high as $200. Lightning wallets, even centralized ones like Phoenix, are getting too expensive to use. So people are tricked into using Liquid instead, which is a permissioned federation that, oops, you need permission from their companies in order to withdraw. Users also go to fully custodial Lightning wallets like Strike and Wallet of Satoshi, which, oops, just started censoring US customers. Oh no, no decentralized payments anymore, sorry. Only store of values left, right? Dollar cost average, but wait, oops, you could pay hundreds or thousands of dollars in fees to self-custody. So maybe just leave it on exchanges, except remember this guy? Oh no. Well, he was a shit coiner. Just use a Bitcoin only exchange. Ah! Decentralized money is gone. Just join every influencer and post ETF, ETF, ETF. It'll make us all rich. Long Bitcoin. Damn it, Gary. We thought government would save us, not wreck us. Satoshi is rolling in his grave. Not you, Craig. So yes, your priorities when structuring a decentralized blockchain network are very important to get right. Few things have done more damage to the future of decentralized money than this over-prioritization of everyone needing to run their own nodes. Stay away from projects that prioritize this above everything else. You've been warned.